Hallelujah. Well, here we are, last three, last week of a three-week uh, message on uh, treasure. So once again, good morning. How are you, Friendship Church? Thanksgiving week. I know that you are uh, thankful for many different things. I'm thankful for you. Okay. <laughs> I am. I just thought I'd say that. Um, and so a lot to be thankful for. One of the things that we had to be thankful for we're talking about here today but a uh, short three-week series just uh, entitled Treasure. Two weeks ago, we talked about how we don't want to store up for ourselves treasures here on earth, but we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Last week, we talked about practically how to do that, and that's giving of tithes and our offerings, returning to God 10%, what already belongs to Him, and then we give generously offerings on top of that. Uh, and then today, we're going to uh, finish talking about treasure. Now, how many of you remember your wedding day? Remember your wedding day? Glorious day, right? Do you remember every detail? It's just fresh on your mind. You remember everything about it, right? Uh, I remember some things about <laughs> about our wedding day. Uh, we got married at North Central Church here in, in Houston, not where it's currently at, but off Lauder Road there. Uh, my, my dad uh, uh, married us, and then uh, Becky's pastor growing up uh, did communion for us and prayed over us and that sort of thing. Um, I don't remember what color... Thing I wore. Um, should I? <laughs> okay, I don't remember that. Uh, I remember that my cake had an Arkansas Razorback on top of it, which was cool. All the Texans like that. And then uh, we had ham and green beans at our. Do you have ham and green beans at your wedding? It's normally like it's just desserts or something. I, for some reason, we had. I, I don't know. I remember I, what I wanted for, our, for myself and our, and our groomsmen was to, um, on the back of our tux, put our last name and number like it was a jersey. You know what I'm saying? So it would say Fithin 9 on the back of my tux, and then all the groomsmen would come down with their last name and number. Wouldn't that be cool? And um, Becky said no. <clears throat> uh, so, obviously. Um, but one thing I do remember, um, okay, I remember she's walking down the aisle, and that's an emotional moment, you know? I mean, even for guys, that's okay. For some guys, I don't know. So she's walking down, and, you know, who gives this woman to be, you know, her mother and I, that sort of thing. And then she goes to step up on the stairs, and so she picks up her dress, and I didn't know she was going to do this, but she picked up her dress to walk up, and she was wearing blue Converse is what she was wearing. Those were her shoes, blue Converse. And so if you know Becky, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds just like her, which is one reason why I love her so much. Uh, she's just, I don't want to say different, but she's, uh, she's special. That's a good word. <laughs> I love her. Um, so, yeah, so the wedding day, there's a lot that goes into it. It's, it's an important day, obviously. I mean, it's, it's a big day. Uh, there, there's a lot that go on. Um, and there's a lot of effort that gets put into it. As I've lived my life, I realize how much of an effort needs to be put into the marriage, right? So there's the wedding, and then there's the marriage. And we talk so much about the day, do we talk enough about the marriage? Because what happens on the, on the wedding day, all of those things, the cake and the decorations and the whatever color the thing was, like, it's, it's gone. I don't, I don't think I have it. I don't know. It's, it's just not there anymore. But as, as I've been growing older and, and with her, I, I love her more, and, and we actually learn new things about each other, and it's just, it gets better and better and better. Um, and it lasts for so much 
longer of a time. Similarly, sometimes we can put so much effort on things that happen here on earth, storing up treasures on earth, but they are temporary things. Shouldn't we put more of our effort on what is going to happen for so much longer, which is an eternity? And I talk about this whenever I do, whenever I've done uh, premarital counseling in the past. I, I told him, I said, I want you to have a great day. And we have to go over the schedule and we talk about that. I want you to have a great day, but I want you to have a great marriage. And so we talk more about the marriage than we do about the day because while that is great and it's necessary, it's temporary, but there is something that happens longer. So in a similar way, shouldn't we put so much more effort on our eternity than what goes on here on earth? While valuable and while needed and we've got to take care of some stuff, there's so much more that we need to look forward to and store up things for us in the eternity uh, in a place called heaven. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to get to heaven. Anybody else? I love the songs today, man. They're so great. Oh, my goodness. Everybody will be happy over there. I, I cannot wait to get to heaven. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 21. That's what we're going to be looking at, Revelation chapter 21. I've got several verses that I want to lead up to this, and so I'll, I'll be taking you through several places in the Bible um, but I'm, I'm eventually <laughs> going to get to Revelation chapter 21, and we're going to look at that. Let's look at our verse for this month or for this series, Matthew chapter 6, 19 to 20. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. The point being where... That yes, there are things on earth that are valuable. We, we've got to eat. We've got to do you know, the things we've got to do. Education. We've got, to, we've got to live our life. There are some things that we need to do, but they are temporary things. So our focus should not be so much on the earthly things that are temporary. Moths and, and destroy and thieves. and Instead, store up for ourselves things in heaven. It's going to last a lot longer than whatever time we have here on earth. Okay, And so what is heaven? It's uh, simply put, it's a place where God dwells and makes fully His presence known. Where God dwells and where His presence is fully known. Now, we've, we've experienced a speck of His presence, okay? If, uh, if you've ever been in a worship service and you felt the presence of the Lord, or you're, you hear the Word of God, or maybe you, you've led someone to the Lord, and so you felt the presence of God there. So we felt a little bit of His presence, but really it's, it, it's just a speck, Okay? Because in heaven, his presence is fully known. I don't know if we're ready for all that, okay? But it's there, okay? Isaiah 66, 1, this is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. So that's why sometimes we get this idea where heaven is up there and the earth is down here. But it's a place. Heaven is there, earth is there. It's, it's different from earth, okay? In Acts chapter 1, you've got Jesus talking to his disciples and then he ascends up into the sky. He just We have liftoff, okay? And he's up in the sky. And then these angels appear, and now they're hanging out with the disciples. And they say, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? That's this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go to heaven, go into heaven. So heaven's there, earth is here, it's different places, right? What is, uh, what, what is the, the beginning of the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven. It's a different place than 
earth. And so sometimes we kind of, you know, we're in such a peaceful place, and I just feel like I'm in heaven. No, that's not heaven, okay? That's a weird muffin you had, okay? That's not, that's not it, okay? Uh, heaven is a place there, okay, which we're going to talk about how to get there. But uh, heaven's there, earth is here. It's not some sort of state of mind type thing. It's a, it's a different place. And so we've talked about treasures in heaven, rewards in heaven. Let's look at that. What exactly are we talking about when we say that? Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. Blessed are you, blessed are you, when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. That doesn't sound very blessed, but there you go. Blessed are you, rejoice, right? Verse 12, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So if you ever feel like you're alone, like everyone's coming against you, and the, you know, the whole culture is this way, and us Christians are this way, and, and we're feeling you know, persecuted or repercussions of our decision to be a Christian, just know you are in good company. There have been many prophets who have come before you, many preachers, many Christians who have come before you who have felt some of this as well, and more so. Okay? Uh, in some ways, we have it easy. There were many that were burned at the stake because they were Christians, and here we get just a little, what, you're a Christian? And then that's it. Okay? So, in the same way, there's a reward for heaven for those who are persecuted. 1 Corinthians 9, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So, as we train on this earth to do something, to win a prize, and maybe some of you won a trophy playing t-ball back in the second grade or something, I don't know. Uh, do you know where that trophy is? Probably not, okay? Uh, temporary. Uh, maybe you run a marathon, and you get like a little medal, and you get that bumper sticker that says 26.2. Have you seen those? And they put them on the back of their car. Okay, at some point, that, that sticker will pass away. It will no longer be here. And that medal will no longer be here. And, th- and that's, that's great for the moment that you accomplished that thing, but those things will pass away. And Paul says, But we train, so there is some training that is involved. We train to get a crown that will last forever. Now, how much more beneficial is that training than this training? How much more beneficial is it to get into the Word, to grow in the Lord, than to get in shape? That's fine, get in shape. But how much more valuable are you getting in shape spiritually? So there is some training that is involved. 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is Paul talking, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Fought the good fight. This was not an easy road. He fought the good fight. And what did he do? He kept the faith. This is someone who kept the faith. That there are some who may not keep the faith. But I have kept the faith. And because I've kept the faith, I've stayed connected to Christ. He says that there is something waiting for me. The crown of righteousness which the Lord God the Father will give to me on that day. What a special moment that's going to be. 
when we meet God the Father. He gives that crown of righteousness. James chapter 1. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Are you hearing some of this language that, that, that we're getting? This, uh, this, those who are persecuted. We go into strict training. I've fought the fight, kept the faith persevered under trial. This is not, well, I, you know, I, I go to church sometimes. That should be good enough, right? Th- that's not the language of what, of what Paul is talking about here. That there is a struggle that we go through. And listen, there's, there is struggle here on earth whether you follow Christ or not. You might as well struggle to get a prize at the end for an eternity. You guys with me? Anybody? Am I the only one excited to go to heaven? Like, I feel like I'm the only one here. I'm just going to turn around and just preach to myself here. Like, I'm getting nothing from you people. What is going on? I am excited to go to heaven, okay? But I understand that there is a road to get there. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit walks with us. But, there, but there, there's this language here where sometimes we feel like, well, I, you know, I said a prayer one time, so I should be fine. I live the way that I want to. No, those who kept the faith. There are people who are not going to keep the faith. They said a prayer. They've been to church, but they didn't keep the faith. They didn't fight the good fight. They didn't persevere under trial. They didn't stand the test. But those people who do receive the crown of righteousness in heaven. Praise the Lord. First Peter chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. It will never perish. It will never spoil. It will never fade. Those who cling to the Lord Jesus Christ... Cling to Him in His great mercy. He's given us this new birth. And then finally, Revelation chapter 2. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. There we are again. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. And you will suffer persecution for 10 days. He's talking specifically to somebody there, but generally speaking. But he says, be faithful even to the point of death. And I will give you life as your victor's crown. There is a life that is bigger and better than this life. And there is a life that is bigger and better than any death that we can suffer. But what does he say? Be faithful. Faithful. Faithful in tithe? Well, okay. Faithful, faithful in, you know, I came to church? Okay. Faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who are faithful, even to the point of death. And I will give you life as your victor's crown. There is a life that is above this life. And that's the life that I want to. And that's the life that I want to strain and train for. Not just the one here on earth, but the one to come. Death is not punishment for Christians. Death is a part of life. We live in a fallen world. Now, we know that. We know that death is a part of life. But sometimes when death happens, we're shocked. <laughs> what? I didn't know. 
Like we know that or we say that we know that. Our days are numbered by the Lord. And I know that, that we don't want to think about that. And we want to say, well, Grandpa lived to 105. Well, that doesn't mean that I am. I, I don't know how long that I have on this world. And death is not the punishment for Christians. It's the outcome of living in a fallen world. But death is good because it completes our sanctification. We talked about sanctification a couple weeks ago, where we're every day getting closer to the Lord. Every day, moving closer, closer, closer. God sanctified us, but every day we're getting closer, closer, closer. When we die and we go into the presence of the Lord, our sanctification is now complete. Completely complete in Him. You say, what happens right after we die? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We are at home in this body. We are away from the Lord. So we live by faith and not by sight. So it's not just the sight of earthly treasures. It's the faith of, of an inheritance of treasures in heaven. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. The King James says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. When we leave this earthly body, we are present with the Lord. We are in the Lord's presence. How long we last in that Lord's presence is up to us, but we are immediately sent to His presence. Verse 9, so we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in this body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So there is a judgment seat, and he does look to see what we have done, good or bad. Now, the good or bad does not give us salvation. We are saved, and then we choose good over bad. But there is a judgment, and we don't like the sound of that, that, that we're going to be judged by what we have done. Some of you are like, I thought you were talking about heaven today. Isn't that like a nice, you know? Isn't that like uplifting? We're talking a lot about judgment here. Yeah, because I want you to go to heaven. <laughs> I want you to go with us. I want you to go because what you have done, good or bad, will determine will you follow the Lord or will you not. And once you die, you are gone into the presence of God. He told the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Today. So there is no second chance. Once there is life and you're in the presence of God and you're like, oh, my bad, I was just kidding about all that. I really love you. You don't get to do that. There is no second chance. Once we die, we immediately go into his presence. Then we have these things called glorified bodies. How many of you are tired of looking at that body in the mirror? <laughs> I got good news for you. I got great news for you, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, there are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. So there are two different kinds. There's an earthly body, there's a heavenly body. When we go to heaven, we get a heavenly body. Why? Verse 50, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. So there are different bodies. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Okay? Different glorified bodies in heaven. The believers need a heavenly body to match their heavenly citizenship. Our citizenship is not earth. This is not 
our home. We wear this right now because this is what we need to wear. I remember living in the, in the Netherlands. We went to the store from time to time. We bought some clothes there. And even though it's the same kind of stuff, sweaters and t-shirts and jeans, European clothes are just different. They just look different. And we started looking European after a while because we were wearing European clothes, but we were not European, were we? We just, for a time, dressed up in European clothes and looked somewhat European. And then when we came back, I don't have much of that stuff anymore. America, okay? And so I live here, okay? Because as far as this earth is concerned, this is my home. That's not my home. And in the same way, when we go there, we're not looking like this anymore, okay? We're going to look like we are citizens of heaven. And that's where we go. We will be united with Christ. Finally, we get to Revelation 21. Everybody says, finally? Man, it took you a long time to get there. Here we are. We will be in God's complete and full presence. Now, I mentioned that there's a, there's a, there's a speck. You know, we feel like there's a, there's a, you know, we get a speck of God's presence. You know, we're in the presence of the Lord. They, have, they felt that throughout the Bible times as well. You think of the priests that literally could not stand in the presence of God. Holy of Holies, how the shepherds were in fear at the Christmas time. Whenever just in, in the presence of his angels, they were fearful. Uh, Moses was on the mountain and he saw his backside. He said, no, 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 I can't do this. Isaiah was in the, presence, in the temple and the presence filled, his robe filled where he was. And he said, surely I'm going to die. So even these specks of moments of being in God's presence, it brings us fear because he is awesome. Now, that word is way overused today. That burger was awesome. No, it was good. Okay? God is awesome. Okay? Everything else is just good. God is awesome. And so much so that it, 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 we're going to sh- probably shake and tremble. I don't know what we're going to do. Hide behind something? I don't know. No, we're going to run and we're going to hug him because his presence is there. Revelation chapter 21, starting in verse 1. It says, then I saw, this is John talking, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any seed. Y'all catch that? So we have an earth and we have a heaven, we have a thousand year reign, and then that is passed away, and there is a new heaven and a new earth. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed. For her husband. Once again, that's another place. That's, that's different from the earth here. That's a, that's a different place that we get to go to. Verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. Such a simple verse, but it harkens back to the Garden of Eden, when God and Adam would walk and talk together in the cool of the day. And it was just natural, just think about that, just to walk and talk with God, the creator of everything. Adam was his, and God was with Adam. And just that moment of being able, and, and series of moments, and an eternity of moments, to walk and talk with the Lord. He will 
The Lord's dwelling place is among them and he will dwell with them. And then he'll do things like this, verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, mourning, crying, pain, for the old order of things has passed away. I can't wait for that moment. You want to talk about disease? Disease is gone. Complete, total healing, nothing else. Here we are. Every tear, every tear is wiped away. No more crying, no more pain. Have you woken up and had some pain? It's like a new pain, like I got a day older and now I got new pain. Like where did this come from? Just, just because our bodies are getting older, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 80, whatever it is, our bodies are getting older. That doesn't happen there. There's no more pain. There's no more any of that. There's no more backstabbing from your coworkers. There's no more, right? There's no more lying. There's no more, there's none of that stuff. No more pain. The old order has passed away. There's a new order, and we, we can't completely comprehend it, but there is a new order that is coming. Skip to verse 6. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the, wa- of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this and I will be their God and they will be my children. Remember when, when Paul said, I run to win the race. Those who are victorious. That means there are some who are going to run and not win the race. They're going to quit halfway through. They're going to choose to do their thing. But those who are victorious, the Bible says, will inherit all of this. Let's look and see what all of this is. Skip to verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high, showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. And just, just, just trying to imagine what this is going to look like. Precious, I mean, Jerusalem's going to be coming down, precious jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. It's going to be the most beautiful thing that we've ever seen. And we've seen some beautiful things here on this earth. It's not even going to compare to what this is going to look like. The city was laid out like a square, as long as it is high. He measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length. That's 1,400 miles. That's from here to Fargo. Okay? It's a long way. It's a big city. It's a big city from here to Fargo. And as wide and high as it is long, the angel measured the wall using human measurements, and it was 144 cubits thick. This is a huge place. The wall was made of jasper. The city of pure gold as pure glass. I think gold, well, that's kind of yellowish. And then you got glass, that's transparent. How, how does that look? Can you see through the gold? What does that even look like? It's so beautiful. It's hard to even comprehend. The foundations, this is the foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. Those are just the foundations. 
our foundations, they, you know, they're just like gray concrete. I don't know. This, this is the foundations of this city are so beautiful. It's going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. The 12th gates, verse 21, were 12 pearls. Each gate made of a single pearl. Each gate made of a single pearl. That is a big pearl. That's a big oyster. That is massive. That is huge. And the gate is made out of that. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. A street made out of gold. The thing that we hold precious here on earth, we're just going to walk on up there. We're just going to walk on it. How beautiful is this for those who are victorious? Verse 22, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. There's no need to go to church. Church is everywhere. He is the temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. No, no shadow. He is so bright, so full of light. There's not going to be the shadowy places. There's it's going to completely light everything up. There needs to be a sun. Verse 24, the nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. There's no, nation, there's no reason to lock up at night. Nothing's getting in. Door's wide open. <laughs> okay? Gates never be shut. No night. Glory and honor of the nations will be brought there. Think how bright and light and pure that it's going to be. Finally, verse 27. Verse. Nothing impure will ever enter in it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. You can be assured that when we walk on the street of gold, when we walk into heaven, and there's mansions there as well, all of these things, that there is nothing despicable. There is no temptation. There is no sin. There is no wrongdoing. We will be completely and fully in the presence of God. That of which we only feel a speck of. I remember growing up as a kid, you know, eight years old, thinking how boring it was going to be in heaven. Because... After a couple of worship songs, I'm like, man, that's enough, you know? Eight years old, you know? My dad's preaching too long, you know? It's just, we're here forever. Church is an hour and a half. It's forever. And I, I used to remember to think that it was going to be boring up there. And now that I've been in the presence of the Lord, have you been in the presence of the Lord where it only feels like a couple of minutes, been an hour? It's going to be similar, I guess, to that. We're not going to be bored. <laughs> it's not going to be boring at all. In the most beautiful thing we've ever seen, glorified bodies, no sin, no temptation, no pain, none of that. It's all those who have served Christ all their life, or served Christ, given their heart to the Lord, and then in the fullness of His presence. How beautiful and awesome that is going to be. And I got to tell you, I can't wait for it.
I can't wait. I am looking forward to that day. I understand that there are some things that I have left to do here on this earth, but I am looking forward and I am building, storing up treasures for myself in heaven because that's where I want to go. As much as there are things that I want to do and accomplish here, that's where I want to go. And that trumps anything that I might want to take, of, take care of here on earth. That's where I want to go. And so I want us to have a little worship practice session here this morning, okay? We're going to worship the Lord. If you would stand with me this morning. We're going to worship the Lord. You've already sung one song about heaven. I think we're going to sing another song about heaven, right? Let's do it. We're going to sing another song about heaven because I, I can't wait to get there. It says, those whose names were written in the Lamb's book of life. I do want to give this opportunity. If you're here, maybe you're watching online, but especially if you're here and you want to talk about that, putting your name in the Lamb's book of life, asking Jesus into your heart is sometimes another way that we say it. I'm going to be down here in the front while we're worshiping the Lord. Please come and talk with me. Or maybe you have something else that you want to pray about. That, that's fine. Um, but I want us to enter just a, a speck of the presence of the Lord, right? So that we can get just a small little taste of what heaven is like. And hopefully that helps us with every decision that we make here on earth. That it points toward that treasure. Not this treasure, but that treasure. Does that make sense? I want to point toward that treasure. So if you would just for a moment lift your hands for a moment and begin to worship the Lord right now. We don't need a song just yet. We can worship the Lord in our own words. God, we love you. But we praise you. We thank you, Jesus. God, you're worthy of praise, God. We lift you up, Jesus. God, I thank you. I look forward to that day to be in your presence. Yes, to, to look upon that beautiful city and the street of gold and the gates of pearl. Yes, I want to see all that. But Lord, I want to be in the presence, the fullness and the presence of God. The Savior of my soul. God, I lift you up, and I praise your name, Lord, and I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord. I pray that we would cry out to you as a church. We cry out to you that we don't store up for ourselves treasures here on earth, but we look for treasures one day in heaven. What an inheritance. What a crown of righteousness. But, Lord, what a moment to spend in your presence. God, we love you this morning. We praise your name. Church, let's lift him up. Let's worship him this morning. Come on, let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to be reminded of that. We have a future in glory. How many of you know that? We have a future in glory. There are many days I'm tired of this earth. <laughs> I'm tired of this place. I'm actually not going to get tired in heaven. I, eight-year-old me was wrong, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be excited when I get to heaven. To run that street of gold. To be able to sit and to, and to talk with Moses and Peter and Paul. and People who have, preachers who have, Billy Graham, some of these others that have gone throughout the faith, lived throughout their faith to see my grandpa great man of faith, be able to talk with these people. I, I, I can't wait to talk with some of these people, to, to see the street of gold, to see 
these foundations to see all these things. But oh, to see Jesus. To see Jesus. To look at Him face to face. To know that there would be no way to inherit all of this if not for Him. How many times can I say thank you? I think that's why He gives us an eternity because that's how long it's going to take to say thank you know that there's nothing that I could do that is Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. I'm just going to start the thank yous now. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for preparing a place for us one day in heaven to knowing that we're going to leave the trials and the pain and the sin and there's so many things that are here on this earth to leave this one day and to know that you've created a place for us in heaven one day. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. No other way to get there but through Jesus Christ. But through Jesus Christ. Our goodness is, is like filthy rags. But Lord, what you have done for us, God, we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name. Lord, keep us. Take us. Lord, while we're still here on this earth, many of us have many years left on this earth, Lord, and we pray that you would help us, lead us, guide us, sustain us, help us to say that I fought the good fight. Lord, I cannot wait to hear and help me, sustain me, so that I can hear, well done, my good and faithful servants faithfulness, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help us, Lord. God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise.